You're listening to Once, episode 135, Witch Hunt. Welcome back to another episode of Once, the unofficial podcast for ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. And I'm Aaron. We're so happy to have you listening with us as we discuss this episode, Witch Hunt, the 13th, lucky number 13, episode of season three. And I've heard some initial reviews from people saying they're really liking this second half of the season. It's so fun. It's so green. And it's so (laughs) Once Upon a Time. (laughs) Like, it, it was fun to move away for a little while and kind of do the Neverland thing. But now it's it's Enchanted Forest and it's Storybrooke. But it's all different. But it's all the same. And, yeah, it just feels we're, really good. We're getting to see lots of people that we haven't seen for a long time. Yeah, Red acting like she's been there all along. And I'm still mad. And her hair being two different colors. <laughs> This is why I'm the girl on the podcast, isn't it? <laughs> like, yeah. Her hair was two different colors. Since Jenny's no longer here to point that out. To I us. just noticed that her hair was there along with the rest of her. <laughs> and Dr. Whale and Archie. Was was their hair all one color? It seemed to be, yes. <laughs> well, good. By the way, this podcast episode is made possible in part by Bluehost. Check them out at oncepodcast.com slash Bluehost. All one color. And I'll tell you more about that (laughs) in a little bit. (laughs) But let's get into the discussion of this episode. By the way, something I've noticed, here we're on the second episode of the second half of the season, and still no flashbacks. like Traditional. Yeah, traditional way of flashbacks. I really feel like here, they're telling us a story in two worlds, not flashbacks. I I know, technically, yes, it's a flashback because it's showing us the past. Right, but it's all (laughs) together, I guess. Because they could have shown us everything that happened in Enchanted Forest sequentially. And then at some point, whatever's going to happen happens. And then they're in Storybrooke and we're like, we already know what the deal is and we're watching them figure it out. And that wouldn't have been very fun. But they're telling, so they're telling us the past year and the present you know, however many days it's been all mixed up. It's almost, it's almost too close for me to keep track of some moments. Hmm. Like we got, you know, jumping ahead for a second, we got to the scene where they're taking little John into the hospital and it had been so long since they found him, since we saw the scene where they found him, I was like, and we had seen the same characters doing other things. And I thought, wait, wait, they're just now going to the hospital? Oh, wait, I was seeing Robin with Regina a year ago. Not, I haven't seen anything of him in Storybrooke since that other scene. Though, it's not that I'm actually getting confused, but I do have those moments where I have to think, wait, what's the sequence? Because it's all new stuff, and it's all relatively present day-ish. Yeah. I felt like the scenes were broken up a little bit differently than normal, but I don't know if that's just getting used to the new flashbacks or if that's legit. Hmm. Well, I do like the way that they're doing it because whereas the flashbacks before have usually been character focused and usually tied together with a theme, I think we'll still see things tied together with a theme 
where in the present, we're going to learn about the actions at the same time as in the past, we start to see how these actions actually unfold. Right. So it's not going to be like, oh, this episode is about a father finding his son. And the flashback is also about a father finding his son. Right. And it'd be the same characters or different characters just in different circumstances. Yeah. Do you guys feel like they're going to continue to do this for the rest of the season, not have the traditional flashbacks? Or do you think it's just for a couple episodes? Hmm. I I think it'll be at least several more episodes as we... Because the great thing, in a sense, about them losing all those memories is that they're trying to figure things out in Storybrooke, but we see a little piece of the puzzle that they're still trying to figure out in the past. So there's still a lot to tell about. Well, I don't know how much there's to tell about Hook, but there's probably some stuff surrounding what he's described, getting the note and the potion and all that that we might need to see. Maybe, well, I assume we'll actually see who sent it, probably through flashbacks. So there's still well, quite a bit still, to tell through that. Yeah, that's par- all part of the one year ago storyline. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there's so much to tell. I think probably it'll take the rest of the season, only nine episodes, really is what's left. So then does that mean that we're not going to get to see the whole like Zelina backstory? That I think we're going to see. Yeah, okay. So maybe I wouldn't say that every <laughs> single episode will be that, but that but I can see that being mixed in among episodes that are still just telling the one year ago stuff. And look at it this way, what the writers learned from the second season. What were some of the complications of the second season that made it hard for people to follow? Well, one was the weird schedule for the episodes. They fixed that. (laughs) Right. Uh, The other thing I think that made the second season a little hard for people to follow and keep their interest was that we jumped around between so many different places. We had present day fairy tale land, past fairy tale land, and present day Storybrooke, and in one episode even past Storybrooke. So we were jumping around between so many different places. And it seems like in, well, in season three and here, they've really simplified it, that we're not having to jump between worlds quite so much as before. Sort of like they've got a plan. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I like that in my TV shows. I can even see an episode, for example, where maybe they're doing a Zelina backstory and we don't see Storybrooke. So we might see the one year ago Enchanted Forest stuff. And then longer ago, maybe we'll actually see Oz. I assume we'll see Oz at some point. Oh, yeah. But it might not even be... I like that they can kind of do whatever they want, but it all works within the conventions they've established. So we don't have to see Storybrooke that week, maybe. Or we don't see past or recent past (laughs) Enchanted Forest. But Mm -hmm. they, you know, I think that... Like you said, they're they're simplifying it, so I'm not sure we'll see three timelines in one episode. Well, and the other aspect, Matthew Paul just brought this out in the chat room right now, is that they were juggling too many storylines in the second season. And I would say almost in the first season, too, but the first season was a lot of learning who each person was. Yeah, I was okay. They were telling fairy tales in the first yeah. season. I was okay with it. It made sense. And on what some people would call filler episodes... It was sort of, okay, they're just telling a more minor story. And I was still okay with it most of the time. And here they have far fewer story arcs to follow. Like look at the first half of the third season is pretty much one story arc. And that's Neverland and Peter Pan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now in this 
second half of the third season, we have two story arcs that are really just one, but we're looking at it from two sides of the arc, right? Of the same story arc. So I can appreciate how they're doing this, and I, I'm eager to see how this turns out because there are a lot of twists and turns. And so let's get into this by starting with our discussion of the past one year ago in Enchanted Forest. As Zelina, now that we know her name, we can call her that instead of just Lady Green, but we'll probably rotate. <laughs> Lady, Lady Green. Green, we never called her that. <laughs> I think I did a couple times. I like Greeny. Greeny. Yeah. <laughs> but Zelina is going through Regina's things. She finds Onyx, Diamond, and I mentioned that she didn't mention uh, any emeralds, of course, right. because she's the one wearing all the emeralds. But she said something else, which was maybe a Disney reference to Pirates of the Caribbean. Black Pearl. No, oh, maybe. Which was the name of the ship that Jack Sparrow flew. Flew? Well, not a flying ship. <laughs> <laughs> Sailed. <laughs> I think you're mixing up your fairy tales. <laughs> so the name Zelina, though. Do we know much about that? Has anyone researched that? I looked up the name and all I got was that it meant moonlight and it's derived from Selena with an S. And then the one side I looked at had a lot of paragraphs about Selena Gomez. So that was kind of useless. <laughs> right. Um, but then I found another source that said that it meant sunshine. So oh, moonlight or sunshine. Well, yeah. And she's kind of neither. So <laughs> that is true. Maybe, maybe it's just Selena, but in Oz, everybody's name has to have Z's in it. That's possible. Maybe. Okay. Well, if somebody has more insight on that than we do, send us some feedback. Yeah. Comment on the show notes for this episode at oncepodcast.com slash 135. I wonder about the monkeys here because we talked in our initial reactions about is this monkey that got turned into a monkey bear? Is it <laughs> a stuffed monkey? Is it Walsh? <laughs> Right. Is there only one flying monkey or are there several? Is that is that now a Walsh monkey plushie? <laughs> but think about this. We've only been able to identify for certain two flying monkeys. One was in the last episode and that mm -hmm. was Walsh. One is in this episode and that's Little John when he turned into a flying monkey. We don't know which flying monkey grabbed Little John. It could be any of the flying monkeys. There could be several. <laughs> there, there may only be the one lead flying monkey, at least in the past. True. So... That's one thought here is that maybe there are several, but I get the impression that this scene is a continuation of the end of New York City Serenade. So when we see her going oh, through yeah. Regina's stuff, yeah, nothing new has passed. No more time has passed. So this is still the Walsh flying monkey. If that's the case, I could easily see that part of this new curse that Zelina cast turned people from their forms back into regular people because look at archie is a human again no right. longer a cricket zelina is no longer green yeah and so maybe <laughs> maybe the stuffed monkey is now also back to its natural form <laughs> well however <laughs> oh but he's been with emma for eight months eight months yeah. yeah, I just realized that. You're right. And by the way, and I don't I didn't actually bring this up when we spoke about the last episode, but when he was falling, he poofed. He didn't hit the sidewalk, he poofed. Where did he go? Right, in Can, New York, you're saying. Yeah, is it easier somehow for 
Selena and minions to realm jump than for most others. I mean, so she comes from Oz. It doesn't seem to be any big thing. Of course, there are always ways around that stuff. I mean, Hook apparently can travel between worlds. And the question is, how easy is it for her? Does she force mermaids to help? I don't know. I hope it's not going to be another one of the ones from the Mad Hatter episode from season one. Oh. 120. She does have quite a hat. You know, hat trick, I think. When... When they push Jefferson out the window and we hear a poof, and then oh. everyone's just like, no, he just ran away. Yeah. <laughs> There's no poof. <laughs> There's no the poof. The hat didn't take him anywhere. <laughs> so, because this is that. almost exactly the same type of thing. Like, he falls, she looks, he's gone. <laughs> I think we saw it, though. Yeah. Didn't we? No, we didn't see it. We didn't see it? You're saying Jefferson falls? No. Or the monkey? No, the monkey. The yeah, monkey. we saw the monkey. Okay. Uh, but... By the way, you mentioned hat trick and the dress that Zelina put on. Yes. Was a dress that Regina had in hat trick. Really? Yeah. And I know Jacqueline will come on later on before Jacqueline and Hunter will join us later on in the podcast and then they'll take over to talk spoilers. But Jacqueline will probably bring out her theory of how that dress might be a nod to certain connections. Interesting. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, that that dress that Zelena decided looked better on her. How does she know? That's my question. Has she seen Regina before ever in person? Has she seen her in that dress? In Oz, the Wicked Witch had a crystal ball thingy. True. I think Zelina is very narcissistic. (laughs) I would think so, yes. I think she's very jealous, too. She seemed... Very jealous of Regina's riches when she was going through her stuff. So, like, this could feed us for a month. Then, well, she said, "Feed a family." Or feed a okay, feed a family. She's like, I know I look good. Which then again, <laughs> later in the episode, Zelina did say all the stuff she had to go through. Yeah. She just referenced it like she went through some horrible thing. Maybe that's what turned her green. <laughs> As it yeah. would. Well, I mean, what? Yeah. But then as uh, we see then back outside the castle before the monkey uh, comes, uh, one clarification here, because I was reminded of this when we saw Belle and Robin Hood together. In our last couple of episodes, we mentioned some stuff like, how does Robin Hood know Belle? Well, duh, how could we forget this? Maybe because we blocked it out of our minds. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> but several of our listeners emailed to remind us of this. Belle released robin hood from the his bedroom it's a lot better than dungeon (laughs) when rumpelstiltskin was torturing him remember in the episode lacy (laughs) yeah when we first met robin hood so bell and robin hood did meet because bell was there when robin hood broke in bell witnessed everything bell released him from prison all of this stuff so it's not just that he knows bell saved his life by preventing the arrow he knows Rumpelstiltskin spared his life, which is a debt that Neil collected on later. In, from I, what yeah. we're talking about. Okay. I totally so, forgot all that. So he remembers Belle as, you let me out. You saved me from this terrible torture. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. How, yeah. How would we forget that? It was in season two. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot in season two that I think I've 
swept Locked under in. the rug. This summer, I think I'll rewatch all three seasons before Ooh. seasons four season four comes out. Yeah, I'm probably sounds fun. Assuming there will be a season four, which I do. I think the show will have four or five seasons. Probably. Wow. That's such a sad thought. I'll, I, yeah, I assume there will be a season four. <laughs> well, we'll be yeah. we'll be looking pretty soon for season three to be available on DVD and Blu-ray, and you can better believe it. We'll have links for that. <laughs> Whenever it becomes available, we'll have links so you can purchase it through our affiliate links and help support the podcast by going to onespodcast.com slash season three when it's available and purchase it that way as soon as the pre-order is available, that is. But I love what Grumpy had to say about the witch. And it was pretty much the same thing I was saying because I was a little confused too. The Wicked Witch. Are we talking east or west? <laughs> Doesn't matter. Neither one sounds good. Well, one you drop a house on, the other you toss a bucket of water at. Yeah, so all of their knowledge, most of them, except Belle maybe and Regina, seems to be the same knowledge of Oz that we have. And some, it, like Snow was like, that's a real place. So it's yeah. almost like their knowledge comes from being in Storybrooke and having knowledge of the story that we know. And Belle said that she read about it, but right. we don't know where she read about it because she's been a reader in she, Storybrooke and in Enchanted Forest. She sounded like she had real knowledge from yeah. reading in Enchanted Forest before the curse to me. We also know from a season one screen cap I believe it's even from the pilot, perhaps, that Oz is in Henry's book. That's true. So I don't understand. Well, I didn't understand the confusion with Oz being real anyway. Like, we know Wonderland is real. Like, they. They know Wonderland is real. They know Neverland is real. They know the Enchanted Forest is real. Frankenstein came from somewhere. Like, it just seems illogical for them to assume that Oz is not real after all of having all of that. But then we do also know that it's in Henry's book. So at least Emma and Mary Margaret and Henry should know hmm. about it, assuming they've read the book. Right. Which I yeah. am assuming that. And, and like David even knew specific details, which again could be fake memories of reading mm -hmm. it in school. Like he talked about with the Mad Hatter and Alice in Wonderland in a previous episode. But he knew stuff like that she would have green skin and a pointy hat. Right. Right. <laughs> Now, I'm a little bit out of touch with all of pop culture. I mean, with some of pop, <laughs> however I would say it, I can't reach out to all of pop culture. So what's with the lollipop guild? Is that a reference what? to something else? It's yeah, that's from the Wizard of Oz movie. <laughs> oh. Come on. I think we're going to have um, to, there's a whole song. I think we're yeah. going to have to maybe watch that movie, like the Judy Garland oh, wow. Wizard of Oz. The old, old one. Yeah, I think I think we should make that a thing. It's like the little um, munchkins <laughs> that like sing when they're thanking her for dropping the house on the witch. Oh, I didn't realize they were the lollipop guild. So they're like, we represent the lollipop guild. Oh, yeah. Okay. I remember that now. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> or Movie it night. could also be a modern band. Yeah. Well, that's where I was finding stuff like that. But I just thought, why? What's... <laughs> and I couldn't. <laughs> Huh. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so it was really cute to see Roland as well. I Some of the tweets that I put out about our initial reactions episode, <laughs> I said, once upon a time's cutest character is back. 
I don't understand why he's with the group again suddenly because he wasn't there the day before, but maybe they regrouped. And I don't understand why he was like so far away from his dad when it's such a dangerous time, but right. I'm just being judgmental, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but it made for a good connection between Regina and Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to see that, to bring out some of Regina's mother's side. And also to see that Roland is still okay. And like, also, didn't we see Neil give Roland a little bit of attention too? Uh, I can't remember. Because Neil is the so. one that put him in harm's way before. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it was just he picked him up at some point, I think. Did Roland have a line in this episode? I can't remember. Did he say anything? He yelled for his father. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was just thinking it might have been like, one up from his last episode where I his believe. line was, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd say that one one ups his lines in this episode. Well, there's still more to come, I'm sure. <laughs> he might say, Are we there yet next time? Maybe. Moving on, as they decide to dig under or go under the tunnel into the castle. I wonder if when Robin was watching, he was thinking, whoa, this woman can move boulders. I like that in a lady. (laughs) What was she doing? Was she practicing magic in general? The tunnel was underneath the boulder that she moved. Somehow I missed that both times. I was just like, okay, Regina's in the woods hurling boulders. Good job. I was actually just hoping she didn't drop it. Like I was thinking that would... Like lifting a boulder that size right over your head and very shakily, I might add, (laughs) would have just been a horrible end. (laughs) I like that Robin Hood is all about a debt of honor, basically. We've heard him say that before about like, well, Rumpelstiltskin spared his life, so he owes him a debt and other stuff about owing people debts. He's really a man of honor. Then as Regina and Robin are walking through the tunnel... (laughs) (laughs) T-A-L-K-I-N-G. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else yet. <laughs> yes, you're very... <laughs> My goodness. You're, you're very sad that there is going to be something else. Wow. Yeah, we know it's going to happen at some point. But the thing to keep in mind here <laughs> is that even if they start some romance here in Enchanted Forest, they've forgotten about it in Storybrooke. So they're right. starting from square one in Storybrooke. Or maybe that's where their romance will start is in Storybrooke instead of in Enchanted Forest. When she's not being all emo and like gluing his feet to the floor and stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Saying mean things to him. <laughs> Make yourself useful. Stand watch. <laughs> but we did get to learn about uh, what happened to Maid Marian. Yeah, who they won't even name. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like, Roland's mother. Like, guys, you named her before, and she was prominent in the story. You could say Marion. You could just say her name was Marion. That would be okay. It would be. Maybe maybe her Enchanted Forest Twitter handle was Roland's mom. <laughs> and that's just how she preferred to be known. Roland's underscore mom. <laughs> <laughs> Roland's underscore mom 82 at enchantedforest.com. That's probably not a real email address. Did you recognize the crypt that they went into? Yeah. So 
timeline help. Mm-hmm. When, how long before the curse did Regina think that Cora was dead? And was that the last time she was in the crypt? Uh, because my thinking was why use blood magic to seal the crypt if Cora's not in there. Right. Well, she thought Cora was in there. She, she did thought at one Cora point. was dead. Bef- by All during her time, at the end of time, of being an enchanted forest, she thought Cora was dead. Right. And timeline-wise, I think we figured this out, and you can go to onespodcast.com slash timeline, where our volunteer Keb helps maintain that timeline really well, and you can track this. But I think we have it at about a week before the curse. Oh, okay. Why would she seal the crypt if Cora is dead? Just because? Well, she was leaving. And think about the location I here. She, but I guess that was her father's coffin that she took to the mausoleum in Storybrooke, but she didn't take Cora's. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and the other thing here is both her father's coffin and Cora's coffin say essentially the same thing. Cora's coffin says Cora Mills, Which is beloved weird. mother. Yeah, weird to have the last name there. And then Henry's uh, senior's coffin says Henry Mills, beloved father. Yeah, and so it made sense to say Henry Mills because it was a storybrookified version yeah. of his coffin. M- Mills was not a real last name. So it shouldn't say Cora Mills unless it went to Storybrook and for some reason didn't change back when it came back. Right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because Seems even like in in Enchanted Forest when Regina used her father's heart and then the tombstone was there for her father it said Henry. Yeah. It didn't say Henry Mills. Yeah, because they weren't really uh, into the whole first name, last name thing in Enchanted Forest, from what we can tell. But by the way, to address your concerns about kind of the location of this or how this ties together, they came into this crypt from the back door. They walked directly from the crypt into Regina's room. This is the heart room. This is the vault, basically. Sure. Okay. Yeah. The location wise for it, it's the vault. And comparing screenshots of this to the episode Queen of Hearts when Cora died, it is the same crypt as where Cora died Hmm. or where they put Cora. And the the drawers there, the heart drawers are very similar. But this is where stuff does start to get a little bit confusing. Unless this, this is just an extra pair of doors attached to Regina's room and the vault is a separate pair of doors, but it actually looked like, could they not have cut some hallways out? They could have, (laughs) it looked like there was just over the doorway Mm -hmm. when they walked into the bedroom that just over the doorway was the, the the symbol for Regina's vault. Hmm. I could have that wrong. It was a bit in the distance, but one thing for sure was when they walked through and she asked Robin to keep watch. You could see a little bit into the crypt, and you could see oh, it was the room okay. they were just in. So it is right there. Interesting. Yeah, it that's does, creepy. It's a little confusing. I mean, I don't think that I would want a parent in a crypt just off my bedroom if I were myself. I suppose if I actually were her, I might, because apparently she did. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I so then I don't think that that's the heart vault. Well, it looks like it because it, all the drawers are there. They well, it looks more like a wall pattern than drawers. Yeah. Well, and well, I guess we'll have a screenshot. Uh, yeah, a couple things to think about here, and it is the same pattern as the crypt where Cora uh, was placed. We're just seeing it from opposite sides. In this episode, we see it primarily when they come up through the back way. Mm-hmm. In uh, the episode Queen of Hearts, we see it where Regina enters from her room. So we're seeing it from different sides. Mm-hmm. So that's why stuff doesn't line up completely right, mm-hmm. but it, it is the same room. And think about this. If this is, if Regina thought she killed Cora just before the curse was enacted, like a week or two weeks before the curse, then we hadn't seen this vault before the curse hit. The actions that we've seen happen inside the vault happened before Cora was put in there. So Cora was put in the vault, sealed, and then Regina mm. enacted the curse. Well, put in the vault, sat up, left with Graham. Hook. Hook. Hook, Hook sorry. <laughs> Same You mentioned difference? I know. How dare you? <laughs> so many things I could say there. Um, and then Regina comes back and she's like, yeah, she's still in there. Where'd she go? She's dead. And she seals it and doesn't know that it's empty. Right. (laughs) So she did seal it empty. Do we know that or? Well, she didn't know it was empty, but she said that it was sealed with blood magic. And later on in this episode, they talk about, oh, the crypt was sealed with blood magic. How'd you get in? But then Cora, if it was blood magic, Cora could have gotten could have been the one to break that specific seal. But Hook came right back in. Unless she just hadn't sealed it yet. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what I'm thinking. Not that, you know, it's all all that important, I suppose, but it it is interesting timeline-wise. Well, one other thing to consider here is this is essentially Regina's vault. It is. Which she Regina's took with vault. her, and it's a different shape but, than Storybrooke. <laughs> but, yeah, she took it with her to Storybrooke, but where is Storybrooke during this time? It's, it's gone. Non-existent. Right. Oh. And right. everyone brought back their possessions. So maybe this crypt was brought back or the vault was brought back and turned back into the crypt. Mm-hmm. So did Cora's other coffin come back from when she died in Storybrooke? <laughs> is, that, <laughs> is that why it says Cora oh. Mills? Maybe she's actually in there this time. Oh, yeah, that's true. Because Good. Regina did seem a bit more attached to this, other than just a memory. Maybe, yeah, maybe Cora really is in there. That makes so much more sense. <laughs> I like that. I mean, because you, I wouldn't think that putting the last name on there would just be a continuity error. So that's that's got to be the thing. But then again, Zelina would have seen this and known that Cora was dead. Right? Unless yeah. Zelina just I, opened the vault well, and that's it. And she didn't actually go in and look around. They both knew. Well, yeah, I think that she knew Cora was dead. Maybe I'm wrong. I think maybe it was more. I think Rumpelstiltskin's more who she was interested in at that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's talk so about this blood magic thing. Because this is brought up several times in the episode, and I put out there in the initial reactions that I think Zelina is conning Regina. 
I now I hmm. won't be surprised if they are actually half sisters, but I think this is all just an elaborate con because in the last episode, New York City Serenade, what we see of Zelina is the flying monkey brings a drop of Regina's blood, mm-hmm. and that is when Zelina says, "Now I shall get my revenge." So her getting that revenge is somehow dependent on her having some of Regina's blood in order to do something right. with it. Yeah. Did so she made kind of a potion with it. Do you think that made her able to interact with Regina's blood magic from there on out? Probably. Because that was a year before she defeated the blood magic in Regina's office in Storybrooke. Mm-hmm. But she was still able to do that. Right. But she was already in the castle when the monkey brought her the blood, right? Well, so yes. she already got into the blood magic. But in the last episode, when Regina referred to the shield, and every time they talk about the shields and lowering the shields, it's <laughs> totally a Star Wars reference, I think. I mean, who in Enchanted Forest talks about lower the shields and all of that? But <laughs> anyway, okay, Regina said someone hijacked it she didn't say anything like i protected my home with blood magic no one should have been able to get in there she was just so casual to say well someone hijacked it yeah in this episode she's saying blood magic blood magic blood magic Mm -hmm. and even jumping later on zelina cites her being able to open the crypt which was protected by blood magic as evidence that she's related to regina So the fact that she's using that as evidence gives me further question that she did that just for evidence. Right. And that she's not really related. She may have known Cora, sure. She probably knew Rumpelstiltskin, sure. Maybe she was friends with them in some way. Maybe she got some DNA from them somehow and she's made this potion like she needed some of the blood from Regina some of the blood from Cora. But here's the thing about blood magic that I don't get, and Jeremy will probably like this train of thought. <laughs> I would think blood magic would go only down to descendants, not <laughs> up through what would that Children. be? <laughs> through through uh through a child to their parent, and not only just up, but up and back down to a different parent. <laughs> so is blood magic a thing of we share similar DNA, or is blood magic, you have some of my DNA? I think that it's not probably that scientific. <laughs> kind of like <laughs> royal blood. You know what I mean? It's it's like nobody's necessarily, when they talk about bloodlines and royalty, they're not really doing DNA tests. They're just like, ah, you're a descendant, you're good. Yeah, but even in the case of royalty, the person who is the father for example, um, if if a princess marries someone who is not of royalty, mm-hmm. he is not of royal blood. Their right. offspring is, because mm-hmm. the offspring inherits the royal blood of the mother. Mm-hmm. But the father is not royal blood. So all of the children they have together, yes, are royal, but he right. remains not. So it's just, I know we're getting very technical <laughs> on the blood magic thing. But all of this is making me really think Zelina is not Regina's sister. That's my theory that I'm going to stick on for a while. I'm not (laughs) betting coffee on this. Oh, man. That was my next question. What was? If he would drink coffee if he's wrong. 
Oh, that's a. I think we should make that bet. But he doesn't want to, and I suppose there's no way of forcing him with blood magic or anything. <laughs> Coffee magic is that a thing? <laughs> I don't know. Ask Adam Horowitz and Eddie Kitsis. Right. I think it will be. Speaking of blood magic, did you know it's very easy for you to start your own website all about blood magic? You could explore every single theory you'd ever want to imagine. I mean, hey, maybe it could be like the bloodmagicpodcast.com. That's that domain is probably available. If it is, grab it quick because someone else will probably try and grab it. But maybe I'll be one of the competing once upon a time podcast. I put com- competing in quotation marks, by the way. They're our friends. <laughs> but uh, what you can do that's really cool is you can start your own website for really anything. It could be about once upon a time. You could start a dozen different websites. And the place I recommend to do that is Bluehost. Check it out at oncepodcast.com slash Bluehost. Here's what you get. Try and count this. You get unlimited bandwidth. One. Un- no, you can't count unlimited. Oh, oh. I mean, oh. I okay. That's infinity. Oh, okay. Knock that 8 on its side and that's how much bandwidth you get. You get unlimited storage. Infinity. And, yes. And unlimited websites. Infinity. infinity. So that's three ways of unlimited infinity awesomeness that you could start one website, a bunch of websites, e-commerce, whatever it is that you want to do. It's infinity times 3. You can do it with Bluehost. Check it out at oncepodcast.com slash Bluehost. It's just a few dollars per month, and you can get awesome hosting. It's really easy to set up WordPress over there. They've they've made it really easy, very nice to use. So if you want to start a blog, a podcast, or just a website about your family, whatever it is, you can do that very easily with Bluehost. Check it out at oncepodcast.com slash Bluehost. So moving on, as the evil queen and Robin are in the room this this is more i think uh darth vader stuff as regina is like <laughs> gripping him choking yes. him she's even making like the the she's vader like, death grip please release the arrow you have aimed at me please oh wait that wouldn't be what i wanted is it although she is kind of suicidal you know a character In a sense. you know a character we haven't seen yet that was a regular in season one and that is tied to regina's room sydney yes oh i was the, gonna say something else. <laughs> the mirror that regina would always use to talk to sydney the little one yeah was there on her uh, vanity he really i mean the deal was he was never ever going to leave her side and they're back now so he should be in there Maybe now, I personally be. would break every mirror, <laughs> but that notwithstanding, he should be there. Aaron, what was your thought about this? About the scene in general? Yeah. Uh, I thought it was interesting that she dipped a hairpin into the sleeping potion. I thought this was probably a throwback to the original Snow White um, where or the version I read anyway, there were three different methods that the evil queen tried to kill Snow White. And one of them was with a poisonous hair barrette or oh. hair pin. Um, the other one was with like a ribbon that she tied too tight and suffocated her. <laughs> and then the apple. So, <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, I thought that was interesting that that was her choice of, of what she took and what she was going to use. 
That's cool. What do you think, though, about her actions here? Like, why? She's she's being horrible with the way that she's approaching this whole situation. It, well, at least it's not actually suicide. It kind of makes sense. It's sort of like like having your head frozen until science can figure out how to both cure you and give you a body again. <laughs> she... She thinks if somehow she can never see Henry again, then she wants to be awake. It is, it isn't a good approach, isn't a good way out. And she kind of, she knows people will try to stop her after the whole, don't you put your heart in the ground thing. Uh, So yeah, it's, it's sad, but it just kind of shows that she has a heart in more ways than one. Yeah. I think it's funny that she glued Robin's feet to the floor and I wasn't sure how that was ever going to stop happening to him. I didn't know if he was going to be trapped there forever. If it was as simple as he just needed to figure out that he had to leave his boots. I don't know, but she was going to go to sleep with the wicked witch in the castle with possibly a battle about to happen. And with Robin hood just sort of stuck to the floor. My guess is he would have become unstuck if she fell asleep. Maybe. Yeah. I would think that'd be more likely if she were dead, but she wasn't planning that. Well, as she goes then to do this act and lower the shields on the Death Star and also consider taking this new sleeping potion, I I don't remember seeing these flags before. I don't remember seeing that spot before. (laughs) Yeah, the spot. Well, yeah, it's 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 not the courtyard below. It's something up higher attached directly to the castle. I thought it was the the place where we saw Snow saying goodbye to her father, but it doesn't seem like the same spot. It seems lower. Oh, right. Yeah, that spot I think was inside the castle. I think so. And this is probably just right outside of it or like a, a miniature courtyard up higher, but not mm-hmm. down below where the tree was, Regina's apple tree. Oh, right. It was a little funny that she was just going to sort of slump herself over on a park bench, basically. (laughs) Like, here, this isn't large enough to even lay down on. I'm just going to, I'm going to do this right here. So do you really think Zelina is Cora's daughter? Mm. I mean, blood magic aside, maybe she can't make blood magic work if she's only a half-sister. Maybe she needed the blood in order to make it work. But do you really think they are sisters? Half-sisters? Ugh, I don't know. I Maybe. think that they couldn't have cast two people that look so different. Like, two people <laughs> that look more different than each other. That's true. Um, and sound so different. Oh, well, yeah. she grew up in Oz. Maybe everybody's British in Oz. <laughs> and green. And green. She said something about um, anything would have been better than the life I've had. So I'm thinking she was turned green by something bad that happened in her life. Maybe. Or would that be perhaps why she was given up or part of why? Oh, yeah, true. Because she did say Cora gave her up and sent her off. Mm-hmm. To Oz. She has a lot of disdain against Oz as well, it seems. I know her for who her father is. Who would be the one and only person who would probably marry Cora? Stop. 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 
No. The, the, <laughs> the, the Grinch. The Grinch. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> but do you think that she's Rumpel's daughter? No, I don't think so. No? See, timeline-wise, it doesn't really work because she said, well, just from what she said, she said before Cora got involved in the royalty. Right. And she didn't meet Rumpel until after Princess Ava, Eva tripped her and she got all mad, right? Yeah, and she told Rumpel, I won't have your baby. Well, true. Yeah. So... mm. Well, she's related to somebody because the first rule of Once Upon a Time is everyone's related. Yes. So she is related to somebody. We just have to figure out who. (laughs) She did seem genuinely hurt when she learned that Cora and Rumpelstiltskin were both dead. Or maybe she was surprised. Maybe the hurt is because she saw them as friends Mm. or saw them as mother and father figures, but not necessarily actual relations. Hmm. I don't know. She's got Rumpel in a cage, so I actually hope that he's not her father, because that would start to seem very similar to some other recent events on two <laughs> Once Upon a Time shows. <laughs> yeah. Stop with fathers in cages, people. That's what I would end up saying. I do, though. Like, Rumpel has been trying to... Pu- Rumpel has been trying to... <laughs> procure a baby for so long Hmm. that it it's possible i guess but i would imagine that yeah the miller's daughter events don't make sense if that's true okay so that's probably right Slurpees108 thinks that Zelina and Regina are really half-sisters. And one of the reasons, though, she says is because Zelina was already in the castle, along with the the Walsh monkey there. And also, (laughs) Slurpees108 says, Rumpel most likely is not Zelina's father based on what she told Regina. Zelina said Cora had her before Regina, before Cora, wormed her way into the dregs of royalty, just like you were saying, Aaron. This means Cora... This means Cora likely gave birth to the Zelina before the events of the Miller's daughter, and therefore before she ever met Rumpelstiltskin, meaning he couldn't be Zelina's father. Yeah. Hmm. That would make more sense for giving her up, too, because Cora would have been very young. Yeah. And poor and had no would have had no means to take care of a baby. But somehow, I doubt that Cora was really thinking about giving her her best shot. Well, here's another <laughs> random <laughs> thought. This, Well, not random, but this came in from uh, Bryant. He said, perhaps Zelina's father is not Rumpelstiltskin, but R- Snow White's father, Leopold. When Ooh. he and Cora were both younger, if you think about it, Princess Ava humiliated Cora when she met the daughter of a Miller. Miller. And considering Cora's proud and vengeful personality, she wanted revenge not only against King Xavier for making her feel like she is nobody important, but against Princess Ava as well for tripping her. I'm guessing Cora seduced Prince Leopold somehow into fathering a child, Zelina, with her as a way to get back at Princess Ava. Both Cora and Prince Leopold 
could have kept silent about it to maintain their reputations. Oh my gosh, I hate that so much. <laughs> that needs to not happen. Especially, I mean, Leopold just seemed like a way more upstanding mm-hmm. king than it would paint. I mean, the first, I mean, just that whole story, but then, I, I mean, Cora was there when he married Regina. She, I mean, she kind of accepted the proposal on Regina's behalf. That's just so messed up. I don't like it at all. Well, if that were the case, there are some other theories going on in our forums over at oncepodcast.com slash forums. And we'll have a link in the show notes for this episode, number 135. But some of the biggest possibilities that people have been chatting about, other than the ones we've already discussed here, another possibility, the Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could see that actually being the case. That's who I would think would be her father, if it matters who her father is. Yeah, it may or may not. It probably does. Zelina said, for me to get what I want, I need you to suffer. Why? I mean, is that a simple revenge thing? Or is... Like, I can't decide how complicated or not complicated her motives are. And I think that's... Obviously, one of the big questions of this part of the season is why is she doing what she's doing? So you're saying revenge or just making Regina suffer may not be what she actually wants. Right. But it may be what she needs in order to get what she wants. Yeah, she didn't say, it's too easy to kill you. I want you to suffer. So was it like creative writing that caused her to say... (laughs) For me to get what I want, I need you to suffer. Or is that, does it, does it really mean that? Like, that is a means to an end, and I'm not telling you what the end is. Right. Yeah, what is it that she wants? Yeah. Is it maybe just no longer being green? She's, <laughs> she's not in a position of authority in Storybrooke, but she's no longer green. That's true. She No one really knows her in Storybrooke, so she hasn't planted memories, at least that we've seen so far, because Snow didn't say anything, didn't recognize her. So mm-hmm. there aren't any false memories placed about her. She's just yeah. someone new that was caught up in the latest curse. And we do know that she's narcissistic and thinks of Snow White as famous. <laughs> yeah. So we might that might be starting to zero in a little bit on maybe she feels like the entire universe, all worlds owe her something. Yeah. Maybe. But some people we owe some thanks to mm-hmm. for this episode, helping make this episode of One's Podcast possible. Steve Johnson, David Newland, and Lisa Slack, thank you so much for your kind donations to One's Podcast. They help keep the podcast running, the website running, the forums running. All of that costs quite a bit to run, so we really appreciate the support. And each of you have been around for a while, and you are subscribers. Thank you so much for donating to this episode of One's Podcast. And if anyone else would like to donate an episode, all you have to do is go to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor, and there are different options there for a one-time or automatic ongoing donation for the podcast, and we'd really appreciate the support. And thank you so much, Steve, David, and Lisa. So moving on to Storybrooke now, in the present, we've, we've seen now that all of the characters are just a few days out from what they remember Mm -hmm. 
of what happened in Storybrook because David had even referred to a few days had passed. But the story picks up with our gang at Granny's, <laughs> uh, Granny's um, bed and breakfast there. And it, Emma, one of the things that she said, and I'm seeing throughout this episode, is Emma keep ask, keeps asking people to lie to Henry. And there are all of these things happening. I'm wondering how soon Henry's going to pick up on all of this. And if he's starting to suspect things and maybe spying on things. What would be great is if he does remember and he's just acting like he doesn't for some reason. <laughs> oh, that would be <laughs> It wouldn't be great, but yeah, because they're, they're acting pretty creepy. He questions yeah. the right things, but then, but he's not, no wonder he plays video games so much. He's trying not to think about this creepy place his mom took him, where everybody <laughs> seems to know him. And he doesn't know why, and they're all way too interested in him. Yeah. Mom, I saw this show once about this other father <laughs> and his son that came into this weird town, and the mayor wanted the son to stay there, <laughs> and she chased them out of town. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. It could be repeating itself in some way. So they woke up in their beds, and that's the last thing. That's the first thing they remember. It wasn't even like they realized they arrived back in Storybrooke. They just sort of woke up. Yeah. Yeah. But at least it doesn't seem like their memories reset every day, which is what I was sort of afraid of. Because that would be a mess. But the dwarves are disappearing. And yeah. may well we we have no idea what happened to Neil. No one has seen him since being in Storybrook. But the dwarves that we have missing, I, I counted them. They <laughs> said they were down to only four of them left. And then the remaining four were in the diner later on. So the ones that are missing are Doc, Dopey, and Bashful are missing. Hmm. Now, it's not just a casting thing, because they were in Enchanted Forest shots for right. this episode. Okay. They, the dwarves have the unfortunate distinction of being the group that bad things happen to in order to demonstrate the importance to the rest of the town. Yes. Anytime there's a problem with the town line, it has to be one of them. I do, Any... however, not think they would cross the town line. So if it's... Maybe they push... No, they would know what happened. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happened the first time. They Wait, who lost his memory before? Sneezy? Yes, Sneezy. Yeah. Clark. So, yes. <laughs> so, but he's still with us this time. Right. So oh, okay. at yeah. least he got to take some time <laughs> off of being one of the afflicted dwarves. I feel so bad for them. Yeah. Hmm. We got confirmation that Hook actually has not seen them since the last time we saw them together. And he's been sailing the realms. So apparently he got a ship. Yeah. He he did. I think he did say my ship. Yeah, he said sailing yeah. realms on my ship. Well, any ship can become his yeah. ship. He's <laughs> yeah. a pirate, <laughs> but he probably did find his ship. He probably did, and yeah, and and the bird. Who do you think sent it? Uh, right away, I'm going to say not snow. The Walsh monkey. There's more to him <laughs> than meets the eye. At any given time. No, not really. I think Rumple possibly, if he's sane enough to do such a thing. I wonder if Zelina sent it, wanting Emma and Henry to come back to Storybrooke 
because of what she said in the past that she wanted to make Regina suffer, we kind of know there's no real way to make Regina suffer other than something with Henry because Mm. like she's willing to take her own heart out of her chest. (sighs) She's willing to go into eternal slumber. Like there's not much that you can take away from her exactly what she said, but she's kind of suffering now that Henry's back because her own son doesn't even know her. And it's possible that like Zelina can have a plan to continue something like that to make Regina suffer. That's a good theory. In our forms, some of the ideas are that maybe it was Rumpel, Neil, someone even said August, but August is still a boy. Keep that in mind. Um, maybe Ariel, um, but it was just a regular bird. Well, Hook didn't say what kind of bird. <laughs> uh, there is something to, there's something poetic-ish about Neil sending a note like he received in Broken. And he also might be more likely to have access to the memory potion, which, if memory serves, was last in the possession of his father. Mm -hmm. I don't know how that helps, but maybe he just had it or knew where to get it because of Rumpel somehow. You know, blood magic. I don't know. (laughs) Blood magic. When Henry is in the diner, Ruby serves him the hot cocoa with cinnamon. And this isn't the first time we've seen him drink it because it was in the uh, episode Going Home that when we saw Emma and Henry in New York, we saw him remind Emma. (laughs) So that seems to be like the one thing that's stuck about his personality. I'm not so sure I believe the thing about Mm -hmm. he likes to read. Oh, really? Although he did seem a little enthusiastic. I would assume that he is still himself. He's just had a very different life. Well, he's playing video games all the time. He's not reading books. Well, he's sort of a teenager now. And (laughs) he has lots of friends. Yeah. He had no friends in Storybook. Well, that's because none of them aged. (laughs) I I think it's just a very, I think that's all environmental stuff. Yeah. He's had a different life. He's the crazy kid that believed in stories and... So that'll change his personality somewhat, but I think the real Henry is still there or, I mean, Regina wouldn't want to have changed him too much. Yeah. And he doesn't seem that different when they're not in Crazyville. (laughs) In New York, he still seemed like himself, just having lived with a normal mom in a, well, I don't think we can call New York normal, but a relatively normal city. Speaking of Regina, oh, the hurt she would be feeling at this. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, so she breaks, she drops her cup and I'm trying to figure out how long does it feel to her since she actually saw Henry? I'm sure the parting was dramatic enough that she'd be surprised to see him, but at the same time, she's forgotten most of the last year. She knows it passed. And so I'm sure she's been thinking about where he is, what he's doing and all that kind of thing. But it seemed, it seemed an appropriate reaction for having been separated for a year, not for having been separated consciously for a few days. But then again, she feels like she's never going to see him again. Well, true. And he's probably aged, right? Like he even looks, I know it's only been like a couple weeks for them off between filming but he looks a lot older <laughs> you're right 
It's like they're letting him look his age now. Yeah. And he like so kid like a kid aging for a year is huge. So That's true. She would even look at him and be like, Who are you? You're like fourteen now. You know what? Nods to Kitzes and Horowitz here. They said a while back they had a plan for how to work with Henry's age. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Because they that misled didn't us about what the plan was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the plan might have changed completely, but <laughs> we'll just pretend that they're going according to their plan. <laughs> Give them that credit. The By the way, nice props to uh, whoever it was in, in the form this was suggested to about turning the monkey or turning people who crossed the line into flying monkeys. I do wonder... Did they maybe <laughs> see some spoilers and that's right. <laughs> their thing? Because it's actually not crossing the line. Hmm? It's being bitten by the monkey. Well, oh, I see. Yes. So you try to cross the line and you get, well, they said dragged, which I thought was funny. I'm like, no, he pretty clearly was up in the air <laughs> and then he was bitten. So basically they are flying zombie monkeys. Right. If you think about it. Or vampires. Ooh. Well, I don't know that they're so much sucking blood. Hmm. I think they're just, they're the turning on people. His neck. <laughs> well, okay. A shoulder, actually. Zombie vampire flying monkey. And it was a big bite. Well, it was a big set of teeth. They had never seen a bite like that before. I love the dialogue that happens there at the town line, though, between Emma, Hook, and David. You were going yeah. to marry someone <laughs> without telling your father? There were a couple comments like that this episode, even when Emma made the comment like, wouldn't be the first flag monkey I've dated. And Snow <laughs> just looked at her, but there's no discussion yet. <laughs> that that just couldn't happen, I guess. Yeah. Personal discussion. Especially and- not in front of. Oh, well, no, I guess Henry wouldn't have been there. She wouldn't have made the monkey comment. (laughs) By the way, one of the things that uh, Regina said that I think really points out uh, her position in this, although it's a little ironic, listen to this. If I wanted my son back, do you think I'd put myself through this kind of torture? I cast curses to hurt other people, not myself. But it is one of those things, because it's revenge, a cast curse, as we've learned all about in the first season, is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. <laughs> it left a hole in her heart. She just didn't realize how that would play out. But in this case, uh, she doesn't have that hole in that way because she remembers everything. Hmm. What's really weird about this curse, this new curse, is that nothing seems to have changed for everyone. Yeah, even the library is still... It's not like original Storybrooke. It's Storybrooke kind of how they left it. And they're all back to being both, which I thought Jeremy would comment on. Oh, (laughs) at least um, it's just both. And it's not like, gosh, darn it. Now I have another personality and and I remember my old Storybrooke personality and I'm enchanted for now. We're all three. (laughs) I'm glad that's not a thing that they're entered. They're interchanging them more, though. Like, so they called Leroy Leroy. And then in the same scene, Leroy was like, oh, I haven't heard from from Bashful. Yeah. So they're kind of interchanging it. But I don't know why 
they suddenly have to be their storybook personas when they remember everything. So, Well, Snow did say to Zelina in the diner, it's Mary Margaret here. I know. And that's what Which, I don't understand. Yeah. Just, yeah. You all know who you are. Just be who you are. That's kind of weird. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think we'll, at this point, though, just keep them by their fairy tale land names. Yeah. Mostly. Yeah. We may it's... still slip back and forth, too, just like they are. I mean, so many extra syllables. It's cool to see Regina and Emma working together. Mm-hmm. And yes. cleverly, too. Yeah. Did the town hall look different than the last time we saw it, or have we ever seen it before? Yeah, we've seen it before. It's um, a bunch of things have happened in front of the town hall. So I think it did look the same. Except what I remember, the big scene I remember was the beginning of season two when Regina came in and like lit the thing on fire and all that. She, I distinctly remember the doors being directly behind, directly across from the stage. So it looked like a slightly different room. I don't know that it matters a whole lot. I was just trying to figure out if this was supposed to be the same room or. Yeah, that's true. Maybe slight. I think it is supposed to be the same room, hmm. but maybe some slight, yeah, glitches, prop glitches, well, maybe. The portal opened in there, so maybe they needed to do some renovation. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That did happen. Back at the diner, Snow and Henry are there as Henry is playing some kind of Tron game because he said, yes, de-rezzed him. And that comes from Tron being de-resolutioned, uh, de-rezzed. So that was a cool nod because Kitsis and Horowitz were, were writers on Tron Legacy, and they were also huge fans of the original Tron movie, which is why they were the writers for Tron Legacy and Tron Uprising. So Henry's got some little Tron game there on his mobile device that he's glued to. And when Snow said to him that he loves reading, he said, how do you know that? Yeah. That can mean two things, actually. It can mean, how did you know that? Like, Yes, that's true. How did you know that? It could also mean, it's a little ambiguous, it could also mean it's, <laughs> no, that's wrong. How would you know that? Because how'd can mean how did, and it can also mean how would. Yeah, well, it's one of those oh my ambiguous goodness. contractions. <laughs> he, yes, okay. here I go. <laughs> here you go. He was very excited about there being a library. Well, I don't know if he was very excited, but he, he said later he mentioned the library in the clock tower. Yeah. Which, I don't know why that makes it a weird town, but... But he wasn't reading. We haven't seen him reading any books at all the second half of the season. Well, maybe he needs his book back. Imagine what will happen when he gets it back. <laughs> that's how Emma believed in the first place. Yeah, Was that book. Maybe they don't need I a potion. That's going to be key. Maybe they can just hit people over the head with a book. <laughs> and they'll remember everything. By the way, speaking of book, Snow is reading a book, The New American Baby. And the book doesn't actually exist. And unfortunately, I couldn't get a crisp enough screenshot. But I'd imagine that based on one of the previous books, The Mysterious Island, uh, it had a bunch of Easter eggs on it, like names of production staff on it, including Michael uh, Joy, the production designer. So Mm -hmm. I would guess if we could only get a crisper photo of it, and believe me, I I have the 1080p version from iTunes. That's as crisp (laughs) as it's getting now before the Blu-ray comes out. I couldn't read any text on it, but I would imagine because that book doesn't exist, especially in that design, that it's probably got some cool Easter eggs on it. Hmm. Well, that's cool. 
I think it looked very old also. And apparently it makes cradle cap sound like the worst thing that could possibly happen. <laughs> yes. But Zelina said babies are stronger than you think. Do you oh. think that's a significant... Was she a strong baby? Was mm -hmm. she sent to Oz as a baby? And Maybe. she had to be strong and green and Aussie and I don't know. I don't know. I, but I felt like there were. Okay. This whole scene was so uncomfortable. It, it was. was so weird. What's wrong with this? Helping Snow White with a baby. <laughs> I can't think of anything that would make me happier. <laughs> <laughs> Snow's like, I might not let you leave after the baby's born. And I just, I heard the whole thing sort of like Snow says, ha, I may psychotically keep you captive. And Selena's like, ha, I may psychotically really like that. <laughs> it just, it, the whole thing creeped me out. They were both creepers, in my opinion. And maybe like the little unborn charming baby was also a creeper, but we just can't tell yet. I feel like Mary Margaret should have some red flags happening or something like i know she's not emma but like so should oh i missed the last curse seriously and she won't tell you who she is wouldn't that be kind of two red flags in a row from this lady <laughs> and i feel like the ugly like horrendously ugly green pendant that she's wearing is very significant <laughs> in some way not just to be like oh hey green green means oz oh that lady's wearing a green pendant all the time but An they might hold pendant. some power. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. I thought that jewel looked a little too prominent as well. <laughs> By the way, some feedback from some of our listeners. Kiara uh, suggested that Henry's storybook will return to him. And not only she says, not only including the previous stories that were in it, but also the new ones that included what happened that past year. It will pay homage to season one as Henry believes again via the book, and it will allow the characters to regain their memories again without a potion. Of course, the book won't have everything, but it may be enough to trigger a memory. Hmm. I wonder if he'll find it in Mary Margaret's closet. <laughs> right. That's just the eternal place where the book always pops back to. Because she cleans it every week thousands of times. Well, Maddie thinks... Decades. Maddie has a different theory that's kind of a reverse mm -hmm. of what happened in... Uh, or similar to what happened in season one. Maddie says, I have a theory about how Henry is going to be reminded of his memories in Storybrooke. I think Regina is probably going to give him a motherly kiss on the forehead, similarly to the end, similar to the end of season one, when Emma kissed Henry, and it will wake him up. Yeah, I don't know. It's, you know, that's not a mutual true love at this moment. Right. Because Henry's like, oh, hi, you're the mayor. And you definitely, of course, whenever I go to a small town, the mayor just wants to meet me. That always happens. And bring me out for ice cream. Yeah. So he's <laughs> definitely trying to figure out why Emma isn't protecting him from all the stalkers in this town <laughs> at this point. So I don't know whether the kiss on the forehead would be either accepted or successful. Hmm. <laughs> I think before she got there, he'd probably, you know, I don't know, put a book between them or something. 
Now get this. Here's an interesting theory from Gareth about Zelina and babies. So far, we have heard of a connection between Zelina and Aurora's baby. Remember that last episode? And now Snow White's baby. She has also declared herself a midwife. I don't see any obvious connection between her interest in babies and getting what she wants or making Regina suffer, unless Zelina just wants a family, which seems a bit sentimental for the Wicked Witch. The baby is the product of true love and so might have power that Zelina is interested in. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Maybe she's collecting all the blood magic. (laughs) If the evil queen wants a family, I don't think that it's far-fetched to believe that the Wicked Witch would want one. Right. Um... I wonder if Snow and Charming's new baby is key to breaking the curse like Emma was and that that could be why she like she could have ill motives towards the baby as well as like that's a possibility that her motives are not steal the baby to raise it in a loving home like they could be to get rid of the baby so that it can't break the curse. Oh. So they had to do with Emma. <laughs> it's true. Well, Emma and Regina are working well together with trying to make the potions and then doing the whole stakeout <laughs> thing. I I like Regina's temper tantrums. Yeah. I like that Emma doesn't care. <laughs> like when Regina was like, oh, it's something you learned in prison. And Emma's just like, it's not from prison. It's from Bill Bond's prison know. school. She didn't even like acknowledge that Regina was totally trying to insult her. And Regina didn't have the same edge in her voice that she used to. She just kind of <laughs> well, said it. Neither did Emma. Really. I look back yeah. at the previous seasons. Emma has always been, oh, yeah, Regina. Mm-hmm. Kind of her personality like that. The very red jacket sort of Emma. sister. And that's not here. And in fact, here... Emma is confirming that she's hearing the truth from Regina and mm. giving all of the sympathy and deep understanding, which is cool to see them on good terms like that. Yeah. I wonder what the wall did to Regina. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny, though, that she doesn't have any resources for maybe coming up with her own memory potion. In fact, for that matter... Blue made the original, not yeah. Rumple. So Where why are they not talking to her yet? Where is mm-hmm. she? Yeah. She should be in the convent. Yeah, if she was going if Blue Fairy was going to leave the show, then uh, they should have left her dead. Yeah. Th- exactly. <laughs> I mean, that sounds so mean, but really if she was going to leave the show, that was their opportunity as meaningless as a death as, as it seemed. But then they resurrected her in the same episode. Well, the next. Or, or yeah, that's right, the next episode. And uh, so she's not dead. But yeah. We just need somebody to say, we need Mother Superior, and then she'll just appear. <laughs> I'm like, right here, Henry. <laughs> I've been hiding in the shadows like I do, listening and just waiting for this moment. Because she does that. Have you noticed, speaking of people who don't just lurk in the shadows and wait for the right moment to speak, Grumpy's kind of a drama queen. (laughs) Big news, everybody! Like, (laughs) I heard she's going to make a potion and blah, blah, blah. It was was funny. 
I was trying to figure out, and I'm sure they're not, but him and Granny both seemed very like overly passionate more so than normal about things that Emma wanted them to be like that. That's true. I couldn't figure out who was in on it and who wasn't. Yeah. Cause Regina's like, I know just who will tell. So did that apply that she told grumpy to go do that or (laughs) how did that work? So I'm, I'm wondering if they are working together. Mm -hmm. I'd imagine that in, in some way, well, Emma probably is the one that told grumpy. Yeah. <laughs> because he's been such a skeptic. <laughs> when they they go in to the town hall there and they almost catch Zelina. It was actually Zelina. I I caught that split second of a screenshot mm-hmm. and you can just barely see her profile. And it's definitely her. Do you mean in her <laughs> office? Yeah. All hooded. I thought the first time we watched this, I thought she actually had the pointy hat on. Oh no. But no, it was just hooded. And the green puff of smoke. Yeah, which which begs the question, could they not have done the stakeout? <laughs> what did I say? It begs. Oh, whatever. <laughs> it, I think it begs. It screams and stuff. Couldn't they have done the stakeout from those same shadows in the office? Just like been in the room and waited to see who came inside? Yeah, and Emma's got to have like real world ways of catching people that she could have maybe utilized a bit more other than just relying on magic. True. Although the poofing is really not fair. Right. But like, what about like a surveillance camera or something? Oh yeah. Cameras. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Why didn't anybody think of that? Next time. Next time. That would have been good. Blood magic makes you lazy. (laughs) Yeah. And as Regina again emphasized. No one can break through blood magic. No matter how powerful they are. Well, she doesn't remember that she's seen all this before. So that's kind of a bummer. So it's... (laughs) Again, I think... uh, I think Zelina has figured out how to break blood magic with Regina's blood. True. Yeah. So there's something there. But then Regina, speaking of blood, well, actually, no, not blood. Regina gets to meet (laughs) Henry, the kind of awkward meeting. Again, Henry's playing video games. Mm -hmm. And poor Regina, when she gets nervous about maternal things, she starts to offer desserts (laughs) cupcakes, ice cream. Yeah. She does a lot. And she thought her son didn't eat candy. (laughs) <laughs> that's true she should have offered to take him to cinnabon <laughs> he does have a cinnamon face <laughs> i i can't i don't know like, what is he thinking about hook at this point he's even got the hook yeah he looks piratey and he has a hook there's a captain hook impersonator walking around and he's like uh-huh killian okay well, when they stepped out in the hallway, my biggest thought is Henry's on the other side of that door listening in. I don't think so. I think yeah. he's playing games. What you mean playing video games? Yes. Right? Not playing games with them. No, not with them. He's sneaky Henry. He is sneaky fairy. This is sneaky Henry. <laughs> <laughs> he see, he really has green skin. 
But then this last scene is the thing that's confusing, exciting, all kinds of stuff. Creepy. Yeah. Well, first of all, <laughs> Zelina's house looks very Kansas and Dorothy-like. Kansian. As does her dungeon. Yeah. Slash storm like cellar. Storm cellar. Slash Rumpel's room. Well, his cage. Is his in cage has spider webs on it. So how long has he been in that? Yeah. And he or said they're fast spiders, maybe, but he said you never should have brought me back. My question from where? Well, where where do where do people go when they poof and there's no <laughs> destination? I don't know. Burning red room. Burning red room. Yeah, so is it brought him back from Enchanted Forest? Oh, I think from you know, the deadish. <laughs> wherever it was he went when he stabbed himself with the blade because like everybody right. knows when you don't see a knife they're not really dead <laughs> <laughs> yes it's exactly right it works in the clue game <laughs> but one of the things that stands out here is when she said eat up we've got work to do i got from that that she knows why she has him there it's not just like oh yeah he's a yeah. fail safe or something she has a plan what is that plan? Mm, to feed the madness? <laughs> no, that's his plan. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, he's, um. he seems like he's just Rumpelstiltskin now. Or Mr. Gold. I guess Mr. Gold. But I think he's just way more both on rewatching. <laughs> he <laughs> like that. Because he, um, he, he seemed a little bit coherent when he told her she shouldn't have brought him back. But then he was all gleefully eating with his hands and singing, and it was creepy and fantastic. You feed the madness and it feeds on you. You feed the madness and it feeds on you. You feed the madness and it feeds on you. Yay! Rumpel laugh. Yeah. I don't know. He really reminds me of Rumple from the pilot. Yeah. Stuck in a dungeon, levels of coherence, levels of insanity. Like he freaks out when Snow won't tell him Emma's name, but he gives a perfectly legitimate prophecy about Emma. <laughs> so he kind of seems definitely both, both-ish. Dark One's number one fan sent in this feedback <laughs> saying, so, yeah. so it's confirmed our beloved Rumpel lives after all, but he seems to have gone completely insane. But I have a theory on that. I think Rumpel has gone insane to stay sane. Now, I know that sounds weird, but I've heard that people go insane to stay sane, especially in tough situations. That's completely valid. Yeah. I do that. <laughs> the, the, I kind of do too. The best example of this, perhaps not as harsh though, is the TV show MASH, which is about a bunch of army doctors in Korea during the Korean War. They are completely insane, but they are insane to stay sane, especially when dealing with the horrors of war. I know that might seem like a uh, serve example, considering war and being trapped in a cage are totally different things. But it was the best I could think of a certain situation in which going insane keeps you sane. As always, I enjoy the podcast and love listening to it. Keep up the good work. Rumpel lives! Whoa. 
I would expect that from the Dark One's number one fan. (laughs) So which madness is he talking about? Um, When he says you feed the madness and it feeds on you. I think he's going to feed on Delina. (laughs) I think he's the madness, yes, in this case. And he is somehow (laughs) scheming and getting secret power from her somehow. And so when he said you should not have brought me back... It's not necessarily like I didn't want to come back. It's maybe you don't realize you shouldn't have brought me back because I'm going to defeat you or I'm going to be your worst nightmare. (laughs) It's something creepy. Do you think there's squid ink in there? (laughs) (laughs) No. Because we do know now that there's magic in Storybrooke. That was something last week that we did not know. We are done with Squid Ink. Please. Where are we? Oh, my goodness. Oh, dear, dear. Deary, deary, dear. Now, this conversation is already confusing, but <laughs> we've brought in our other couple co-hosts to help us understand this a little bit better and try and figure out what is Rumpel's place in this. And Hunter and Jacqueline are on the line with us, and Hunter... Tell me, why do you think Rumpel is here? Because he's like the dark one. He's got all the magic. Well, why does Zelina want him? You think that's she wants his magic? Well, if she said if what she said is true and that he taught her, she probably didn't learn everything yet, and she still needs help. And he's the one that's got the magic, and he knows how to do everything. Hmm. Jacqueline, what do you think? Well, I think that's part of the answer that he's still probably the dark one and so he has more power supposedly than anyone else but i also think that with zelina it's a it's a matter of revenge and i think she's very upset with rumple that he i guess ended up ditching her for regina and so now she wants to get back at him by controlling him if if that's what she can do hmm. i don't think she that he ditched her maybe that like because wasn't he a portal jumper couldn't he like go everywhere that maybe he was just going back and forth and with the curse he just wasn't able to anymore he couldn't because remember he had to use the hatter in order to get to different worlds then how i'm trying to remember how did he go see um dr whale yeah that was was, uh, that was the hatter is that with the hat Mm -hmm. oh okay okay i forgot there's kind of this theory that the reason why Rumpel ends up ditching Zelina and going for Regina is because Zelina isn't, or at least wasn't in the past, um, a good moral person with a good heart. But Regina was. When we met her in The Stable Boy, she was very young, but she was also very pure and good. And she had farther to fall and would be more, I think, open to casting the curse because of how far she had to fall. So that's one of the reasons why I think he may have ditched Zelina because she was already bitter and resentful, possibly over green skin and being abandoned. (laughs) Well, when I look at the supposed family relationship, it does make me wonder (laughs) if Rumpel even did train her, if even that part is part of a lie too, because Rumpel was so attached to Cora because he knew that Cora's baby would cast the spell. Well, 
would he not have known that Cora already had a baby? Hmm. And, or maybe he discovered that later. I think he discovered it later because he even tells Henry in the episode Manhattan that seeing the future is a puzzle. You only get little bits and pieces. And if all he knows is that it's the daughter of Cora, he might just assume that she hasn't had a child yet. And then later he finds out that she had one before they ever met. Yeah. Hey, Hunter, how does this line up with what we know from the actual fairy tale, Wizard of Oz? About, well, I could tell you one thing for sure. She wasn't green. (laughs) Yeah. In the actual, (laughs) in the original, she wasn't green. I mean, (laughs) so that is something that the Disney took over with the the movie, and then now they've brought that in. So they did bring in the green, so we still get to try and, well, I hope we get to figure out why she's green. Um, But the rest of the stuff is all about her flying monkeys. Tell me more about that then. Okay. Well, with the flying monkeys in the original book, they were more like genies. They could only be used or be called upon three times. She had a special hat that she had to put on and say a special incantation. And the monkeys would come to her and they would do a task for her. But she could only call upon them three times. So she never actually ruled over them. But anytime people came, strangers came into her kingdom, they would become her slaves. So I kind of see how they twisted it and made it that way. Like she turns them into the flying monkeys. Oh, interesting. I was like reading it. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> so yeah, she never actually ruled over them. So I don't know where that came from. That's probably the way that the writers work is they take certain yeah. elements of the stories and then they bring their own interpretation of it and their own ideas to changing the stories mm-hmm. in many ways. You know, dwarves come from eggs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, in the book, um, Dorothy and Glinda, the good witch, have also used the flying monkeys and called upon them. So so earlier we were theorizing, and my pet theory I'm going to hold on to now is that Zelina is not actually Cora's daughter, not Regina's sister, that that's all a hoax. What do you guys think of this and the blood magic tie-ins and everything like that? Hunter, What do you? where are you on this side? Um, I'm not sure. I'm still on the fence because I think, well, why didn't we ever hear of anything like even a inkling of something in the background like that would come to this? But then again, I'm like, well, she did break the blood magic. So it's like, how did she do that? Because when she got the blood at the end of the episode, it looked like um, she was already at the castle. Yeah. Yeah, she was, but that goes back to the fact that the protection spell was not necessarily blood magic because Regina never called that blood magic. But wasn't the door sealed with blood magic? That was the secret door that led to the crypt, and they kept referring to the crypt was sealed with blood magic. Regina never said anything else was sealed with blood magic except for her office in Storybrooke. So that's part of why I'm thinking that this whole thing about blood magic is just kind of it's a red herring to throw us <laughs> off and make us believe this and make Regina even believe this. But Jacqueline, what do you think? I think they're sisters. And with regards to the blood magic on the door, you know, if that's the only room that she had to break to get into, I mean, why would she want to go into Regina's vault where Cora was buried if she's not her sister? You know, if that's not her mother, 
Um, and then Hunter just brought up the whole, well, why haven't we heard anything about this before? And over the hiatus, when a couple of us started theorizing about this uh, sisterly relationship, some people went back and watched the Miller's daughter. And if you watch the scene very closely between Rumple and Cora when they first meet, and he mentions her firstborn daughter, Cora has kind of an interesting reaction. It might just be us trying to read into the text what we <laughs> want to read into the text, but she seems very surprised that he would know that she already has a daughter, or that she will. Mm. Sort of like she's hiding something. Also with that, if you watch the opening scene of this episode, I think they're trying to show you, yes, they are sisters, because the dress Zelina chose from Regina's wardrobe is the one that she wore in Hat Trick when we went to Wonderland and met Cora for the first time as the Queen of Hearts. So I think they were setting us all up for that. Interesting. Hmm. That's awesome. If they are, those are some awesome connections to hide like that. All the Oz references, we have a thread about this over at the forums, but all the Oz references, for the most part, whenever they've appeared before now, have been around Regina. So... I think they're sisters. I think they've been building up to this for a while. Except for that one Oz reference in the pilot episode when Emma crashed the car right. and Henry's book was in the seat and the pages were blowing in the wind. One of the pages, and this is what our former co-host Dan Flynn got so excited about, was the <laughs> flying monkeys were shown on one of the pages. Uh, and that was with Emma. I think there's another Oz reference, too, that we have not mentioned, which was Rumpelstiltskin looking for the ruby slippers. Yeah. Or yes. at least the slippers, as he... The, oh, yeah, the they're slippers, slippers because they're in the original story, they are not ruby. They are silver. Mm-hmm. Right. But Regina is in that scene. And if you go back and watch that episode, yeah. you'll see that once he mentions the slippers... She gets very nervous. <laughs> and it, I don't know why. I don't know if they were trying to set something up, if they were trying to give the audience something to, to watch and to talk about. But she starts getting very nervous and fumbling with stuff. I think we're thinking of two separate scenes. I'm I'm more thinking about when he's in the bar with, isn't it with Smee? And he's trying to get the slippers. Smee had the bean. But didn't he ask about the slippers at, in that same scene? Uh, no, it was the only time the slippers have been mentioned were, no, not then uh, in the bar. I know the scene you're talking about. It was just from Jefferson when oh, Rumpel right, right, was right. asking, and what about the slippers? Huh. And I Jefferson thought, right. said they'd been moved. I thought they were mentioned more than once. Neil mentioned them in Quite a Common Fairy earlier this season. Oh, Interesting. Actually, slippers that, could have been yeah. mentioned in the bar, not as Rumple was asking about them, but Smee might have listed them because I'm I'm remembering more of that scene scene now. He was listing, no, not this, not this, not this, not this, not this. Mm. So he might have just mentioned that in a list. But yeah, that's a it's a good reference. Oh, and I just thought of another Oz reference when they were going to Wonderland, and they had all those doors. One of them was to Oz. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the writers have told us we should study those doors because those were hints of other worlds that existed <laughs> and that we may someday explore. 
Well, we've got many doors to go through and explore, and we're so grateful for you guys coming through your doors and your separate realms that you're coming from to <laughs> join us for this episode. And Hunter and Jacqueline are going to stick around to share spoilers with us, but Jeremy, Aaron, and I are going to step out and let them share their spoilers after the music with this episode. But we want to remind you to please connect with us. Send us your feedback about each episode of Once Upon a Time after it airs. Put the title of the episode in the subject line of your email and send that to feedback at oncepodcast.com or you can pick up the phone and call 903-231-2221 or you can go to oncepodcast.com on your computer or iOS device and send a message right from the website. We would love to have you join the forums, which Jacqueline and Matthew Paul help moderate over at oncepodcast.com slash forums. And all of these links I mentioned and everything else that you can get about this episode, sharing your feedback on some of our theories that we raised here, are in the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 135. So if you can't remember anything else, that's all you need to remember oncepodcast.com slash 135 for the show notes for this episode of 135. Please follow us on, on Twitter at oncepodcast, and you can follow each of us as well. I'm Daniel J. Lewis on Twitter at The Ramen Noodle. I'm Jeremy Laughlin on Twitter at Fleegon. That's P-H-L-E-G-O-N. I'm Aaron, and you can find me on Twitter at Aaron J. Cruz. I'm Hunter. You can follow me on Twitter at Bit of Pixie Dust. And I'm Jacqueline, and you can follow me on Twitter at punk underscore bunny underscore 87. We couldn't do this podcast if it wasn't for our great team working together. And big thanks to everyone for contributing to this podcast. Slurpees108 for sorting our feedback. Jack for writing our show notes. John Buchanan for editing our episodes. Hunter Hathaway and Jacqueline for providing our spoilers. Jacqueline and Matthew Paul for moderating our forums. Aliascape and Aaron for moderating the chat room. And my co-hosts, Jeremy, Aaron, Hunter, and Jacqueline for doing this podcast all together and a great job. And for you for being a great part of this community. And until next time, bring it, Greeny. And thanks for listening. Once Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Big thanks to our donors for this episode of Once Podcast. If you'd like to contribute and be like co-producers with us, then please visit oncepodcast.com slash sponsor or check out Bluehost over at oncepodcast.com slash bluehost. And now I'm going to hand it over to Hunter and Jacqueline. Hey, Oncers, Hunter Hathaway here. And Jacqueline. And we've got your spoilers for this week. So our next episode is 14, and it's called The Tower. It's directed by Ralph Hemlicker and written by Robert Hull. According to ABC, their official press release, while Emma, David, Regina, and Hook continue their search for the Wicked Witch, she, in return, is planning a dark surprise for David, and Zelina's prisoner is powerless under her watch as she plots her next course of action against the townspeople. Meanwhile, in the fairy tale land that was, in the previous year, Prince Charming stumbles upon Rapunzel, who is trapped inside a tower and must help her confront her fears in order for her to be free. And this week, we get to see Alexandria Metz as Rapunzel. Very exciting. Oh, it's so exciting. 
Have you been able to watch all the promos? The promo is so trippy. I know, isn't so it creepy? Trippy. <laughs> like if you guys, if you haven't watched it, go immediately and watch it. It's gonna be possibly one of the weirdest episodes ever. Yes. It's like cut like that horror film feel to it. it I mean, there are like a doll with its head spinning around. What is that? I have no clue. But we do know that Hook wants to help. I got that much from it because he's like, looks like you need some help here. Right. But it it also looks like Emma may start questioning if he's keeping something from her. Yeah. Because she's like, do you have a secret you're not telling me? Right. So wonder where that's going. For all you Hook Swan fans. <laughs> there is an actor who's not listed in the press release that we know was filming because we have some tweets between him and Alexandra Metz, who's mm-hmm. playing Rapunzel. His name is Everett Golding. And according to his IMDb, he's a little bit older. And we think he's probably playing her father. Which, okay. if you read the original Rapunzel story, the father... Uh, ends up selling her to a witch for some vegetables. So it'll be interesting to see the twist on that story. Yeah, I can't wait, because it looks like Charming is really involved in that story, too. Yeah, it does. The promo seems to show him dancing with Emma before she gets sucked into the wardrobe. (laughs) So I'm really excited to see Charming's part of this story. Mm -hmm. So we're also going to see a bunch of um, interaction between Zelina and Rumpel, and hopefully we'll get to find out why she brought him back. Yeah. Have you seen the promo pictures for this episode? I did. They're just as freaky as the promo. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Like, all you can say about this episode, it's going to be freaky. Yeah. And for those of you who haven't seen the pictures, something that's been missing from the show is finally coming back. Henry has his book yes i don't know what that means but he's there with the book and hopefully reading it and learning who everyone is again <laughs> yeah hopefully <laughs> but did you see the hooded figure yes it, it's there's a hooded fi- if you in case you haven't seen the promo there's a hooded figure and you see him in like the rearview mirror and then you see charming exiting his car with a sword yeah. so he looks like he's kind of in danger Yeah, and we got screenshots of these hooded figures over at the forums, and it looks as though the hooded figure in Storybrooke is not the same hooded figure in the Enchanted Forest. Right. The one, yeah, the one in the Enchanted Forest looks a little bit slender and is wearing heels. Mm -hmm. So did you end up seeing the Canadian promo too? We have a very bad quality version of it, but I watched it, yeah. (laughs) For everyone that's listening, if you didn't know, Canada does a different promo than the U.S. And in their promo, there was no talk of Rapunzel. So I don't know how, like, it seems like it's going to be a big part of the story, but for some reason they decided not to even talk about that. Yeah, but they did show a little bit of the Rumpel and Zelina interaction. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of worried about poor Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, absolutely. And we also see that Charming thinks he's found the Wicked Witch in the woods. So more of him being in danger. But I don't know. Was that taking place? I can't remember. I saw, I watched it like twice, but it is a very bad copy of it. But I don't know if that was, oh wait, he was on a cell phone. Never mind. Yeah. And- <laughs> That's Storybook. the modern times. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wait, was that in the Chanted Forest? No, he's got a cell phone. Okay, so let's go on. Let's move on from next episode. Did, there was a couple things that I saw online, and we're going to come up 
probably in episode 17, I'm thinking. It's called the Jolly Roger. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to find out more about how Hook battles with Blackbeard, who's being played by Charles Measure. Yeah, and he seems to really have taken to the role. He said that he enjoyed the costume. Yes, I did see that. And they'll probably be decoding the mysterious message that got Hook to New York City to find Emma. So it's probably a whole big, really good Hook episode. Yeah, and there are are a couple people who were on set for that episode that we haven't seen in a while. Looks like Hook is going to get his friend Smee back and not in a rat form. Yay. (laughs) And also, both Ariel and Eric were on set for 317. And it looks like Hook and Ariel have some sort of, according to Colin O'Donoghue, tricky history that we're going to see play out. Seems like everyone has a tricky history, doesn't it? Yes, it does. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, we will also get to see the complete backstory of the Wicked Witch. Uh, Lana Perella has been quoted saying there's some real deep-rooted issues there with the Selena character. It manifests in jealousy and which comes out in envy, but there's some deeper issues there that she couldn't share. So I kind of think with that is how she turned green with that envy, because green with envy. Yeah, I agree. I think, they're, I think that's going to come into it a lot. She seemed really upset when Regina pointed out that she was green in the last episode. So it's probably a touchy subject. Yeah, if you're green, of course. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We also will get to see Oz. Adam Horowitz is quoted saying, it's a place that you will see and we'll spend a little bit of time there, but it's not a everyone gets on a ship and goes there kind of thing. So I would love to see how they make Oz. Yeah, me too. And just going off of episode titles that we have so far, it seems like it's most likely going to be episode 19 because the title for that, A Curious Thing, is a direct line from the Oz books. Mm -hmm. And Glinda's also in that episode. So I would say we were going to see Oz in 19. Yay! Um, We're also going to see a little bit of King Leopold when he was younger. He's going to come, he'll cross path with the characters we already know, plus we'll learn a lot more about Snow's ill-fated mother. So... Mm -hmm. We'll see how she passed away. Yeah, that should be a really good episode. That's episode 18, Bleeding Through. Mm -hmm. And, of course, that's the episode where young Cora is coming back as well. Yay! And when she was on set, Rose McGowan, who plays young Cora, uh, tweeted a photo of herself having just given birth to a perfectly normal baby. So take that for what you will. Yeah, if you believe that they are sisters, it could be either one. Because if she doesn't go green until later, right? then. Some future characters we might see. Um, Kisses and Horowitz have told D23, which is a Disney fan club, that they would love to use Anna, Elsa, and Merida. Yeah. So, so however, they're going to bring in the modern-day princesses. I also saw that Rosie McIver, Tinkerbell, has gotten a lead in a TV show pilot, so we don't know what's going to happen with her character. Yeah, and joining that show is David Anders, who plays Dr. Whale. And his last day on set, he tweeted a picture sort of saying goodbye about a week ago, and it was episode 321. Which so. we now have a title name for. Yes, finally. We waited so long. Do you want to say it? Sure. The episode title is Snowdrifts. Yay. But like I said, um, the pilot hasn't been picked up yet, so we still don't know if it's going to continue on as an actual show. So they might be back. We don't know what's going on with those characters yet. Right. And it, it does shoot in Vancouver, so it's possible that... They could be next-door neighbors. Right. So we might be able to get guest roles, like them just show up in a scene every once in a while. 
Yeah. Did you come up with anything else? Because that's all I have on my list. Well, just speaking of episode 321, which is what they're filming right now, uh, yesterday a bunch of people were on set, including Regina, Robin Hood, Rumpel, Belle, and Charming. And for some very odd reason, Queen Regina's uh, carriage, the black one that she drives around in a lot. Okay. No idea why. But before that, they were shooting at a very creepy barn. And Josh Dallas tweeted some pictures of it. And it looks like there's some sort of very weird maze thing going on. Might be a portal. No idea. Okay. We'll get more of that. I know. I know more will surface eventually. Yes. That's all we got for this week. I'm Hunter. You can follow me on Twitter at Bit of Pixie Dust. I'm Jacqueline. And you can follow me at Twitter at Punk underscore Bunny underscore 87. Until next time, Wincers. Oh.